Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. It's actually the big question of the morning, which is incredible because this morning begins with the first of two weeks of hype about Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. We'll talk to one of Tom's Super Bowl teammates in New England here in just a second. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests including Ben Watson, that Super Bowl-winning tight end, will appear on the Goodyear hotline. He'll be with us in just a second. Key, I want to get your perspective on this in J2. And I want to give you my perspective. (laughs) And just being in the locker room, one of the um, most interesting interviews yesterday, it wasn't Brady or any of these, it was Shaq Barrett. After the game, Shaq Barrett's talking with Aaron Andrews. I'm watching the Fox Post game show. And he said something. You could talk about the 10 Super Bowls, looking for Super Bowl number seven on February 7. Key, you mentioned the 14 conference title games. He said two things. He goes, number one, He's been there, done that. So on this team, minus him and Gronk, who haven't really been there, done that, he instills a level of belief in the rest of the team that's hard to imagine. And then he said in the locker room, from 1 to 53, or 1 to 55, Tom Brady is always going up, dapping everybody up, making sure everybody's on the up and up. So for all of the amazing on-field statistical accomplishments, Key, I thought it was interesting that Shaq went right to, it's the things you don't see. It's the things you can't quantify about this guy that makes him who he is. We didn't necessarily believe we could win some of these games. He willed us to that level, and I don't think you can put a price on that. Well, that, that Zubin, that's always the way great players approach things, right? We, we hear so much about the statistical side of it or what type of player they are or they, you know, or, or – they're malcontent or they're this or that, but not what goes on within the locker room and how you make others feel. That's important. You know, guys that are supposed to be superstars that make their teammates feel a certain way from a negative standpoint, they don't win anything. But the ones that are stars that make their teammates feel special, those are the ones that win. Like you walking up, you dapping everybody even though you may not be directly responsible for what it is that they did that warranted the dap. But the fact of the matter is you are acknowledging them. And so I think that that's extremely important in a guy like Tom Brady's case, because think about it, man. Some of them dudes just look up to a guy like Tom Brady, whether Tom knows it or not, because there's certain things that when people walk into a room, and I say this all the time, the needle moves, the lights get brighter. You know, and, and, and a lot of teammates are there in awe of, wow, this Tom Brady. But Tom takes the time to deal with them. So now they realize, okay, I could take some from that. I'll run through a wall for this dude. That that is that's what makes a guy like that extremely special. Zubin, I was gonna say, you know, I, I mean right, I played a short stint with the Nets and Jason Kidd was on that team. And every now and then he would buy things for the team, take the team out to dinner, send you little notes here and there, things to let you know that he was thinking about you and he was also aware of potentially what you were going through on the court and in your personal life. And those things never get talked about because all we want to talk about are the, the big moments and did that big star athlete rise to that occasion. But it's all the intangible, the smaller moments that are incremental that lead up to that big moment that give his teammates, the confidence to believe in themselves and continue to believe in him because that's where that's, that's what team building is. And I, I think these are the little things that you'll never hear the media. I mean, even talking about Brad Johnson and Keyshawn together, I'm sure that that team has had moments that are defining moments that they've had personally 
that make you want to ride for somebody, to have somebody's back when you're going through adversity. And the more you play professional sports, the more you're in sports, you recognize it's like 99% of teams aren't built like that. 99% of teams don't have each other's backs or there's little dissension between players here and there. There's not that vulnerability and there's not that trust. And that's what championship teams have more than anything. And, and championship teams do have that. And, and like Booker McFarland said, or, or Brad said, like Booker said, I didn't, I mean, whatever Sap was to us, I knew importance when he stepped between those white lines. I didn't care about what, how his attitude was when he left the building. All I care about is what he did for us when we were on the field. And I would think it would be vice versa despite what you might think. And I think the same thing with Brad was talking about. There is no pulling on the jersey caring about getting the football, even though that's a narrative that was set. It's more about don't worry about it, Brad. I'll be fine. You do your job. That gives him that satisfaction to know that he can go on and do his job and I'm winning ride or die no matter what. And that's and that's the same situation you're seeing with guys like Tom Brady and Barrett. Yeah, Brad Johnson joined us earlier this morning, key Super Bowl winning quarterback. You could check out hour three of the podcast to check that out. They Probation a officer. <laughs> Memory link, you want to <laughs> catch that reference? Once again, download the podcast, although that probably wouldn't help because you probably do need to see it. Anyway, um, here's the deal. This morning we're asking, is Tom Brady's greatest accomplishment what happened yesterday? Or simply put, what is Tom Brady's greatest accomplishment? Let's go to Kevin in L.A. He's on ESPN Radio. Kevin, there's something that needs to be mentioned here. You got to call. You got to call. It sounds back, like Kevin. you're talking into your hand, Kevin. Yeah, Kevin, you talking you into your back. hand through the phone. Kevin, if you at if you at work hiding underneath the table because you don't want to get caught, call us from the <laughs> desk phone, man. <laughs> All right, uh, Kevin. Apparently, he's been kidnapped. Hopefully, everything's not okay. kidnapped. He's yeah. just hiding from his boss. He shouldn't be on the phone. Allen's in West Virginia. You're on ESPN Radio. It's not just about Brady today and what he's done. What the greatest accomplishment is? Fourth and eight. We're going to open it up. Fourth and eight is going to live forever. If you're a Packer fan, no need to qualify it. Allen in West Virginia. You're on ESPN Radio. Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing? What's good. up, Allen? How you doing, Allen? Hey, I'm a little disappointed today, but uh. You know, props to Brady and how great he is. But, uh, you know, I've been watching Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show all year long. He's been great. It's been a different aura about him. But, I mean, they, the points off turnovers, you know, they had three interceptions they couldn't capitalize on. But you can't take a one-possession game and turn it into a two-possession game. And that's what LaFleur did. And it's frustrating from a Packers standpoint. But, you know, we have next year – Apparently, there's a chance that, you know, Rodgers doesn't think that. But there's no way that organization is going to let an MVP walk away. Well, Yo, think- Alan, why you got that John B. R&B voice, man? What's going on? It, it, oh, man. I, 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 I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, the John B. voice. I see you. <laughs> hey, Jay Will, you're one of my favorite college players of all time. Thanks, man. Appreciate I appreciate you, man. He was one of my favorite ones, too, on the Sports <laughs> oh, Illustrated geez. cover. What do you mean? <laughs> You look hey, very Duke-like. You look, you look very Duke-like on the Sports Illustrated cover. It was. Cool. I don't want to go on a tangent, but Key, let me tell you, they set me up on that. They're like, "Hey, Jay, we're gonna put you on the cover of Sports Illustrated." I'm like, "Yeah, give me that Duke black jersey. Give me the tough one." They're like, "No, nah, we're gonna put you in a Clark Kent hat, some khakis, and an old Duke varsity." Ah, oh, with the thumbs up. Yeah, you look like, "Hey, I'm uh, happy to be here." <laughs> but anyway, I think what Alan's talking about, you're certainly not looking for Aaron Rodgers to walk out the door. I mean. 
Yeah. Jordan Love would have you in the NFC Championship game again next year. Yeah, right. I mean, it's not going to happen. What do you think that conversation is like with Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers this offseason? If you're Matt LaFleur, how would you address that? It's a a conversation that probably will take place, like you said, in the offseason. And it's more about, you know, coach walking up to him saying, you know, man, this thing's just eating at me. You know, I – you know, I probably should have – yeah, we probably should have went for it on fourth down. You know, I just – man, I feel so bad for us, man. We're going to be back there again. You know, let's just let's just get going. and That's the conversation. It won't be a conversation. It'd be like wanting yeah. to kind of throw it out there to see how Aaron responds to it. If Aaron bites his head off, then that's something – you know, he wants to make sure that the temperature of the water is nice and calm. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt. Once again, Rodgers under contract through 20 20- – 23 but as we know contracts are made to be broken he said his future was uncertain alongside many other members of the team let's go to the Goodyear hotline to welcome in Ben Watson former Patriots tight end the Super Bowl champion Super Bowl championship with Tom Brady it's great to have him here Ben good morning the first thing I wanted to ask you is something we talked about here right at the top of the hour and that was and you have a unique insight into this it's not all the statistical accomplishments Brady's had we could talk about that for the next hour until we go off the air and still have plenty to spare here it's what Shaq Barrett said after the game his defensive teammate talking about how Brady just instills a sense of belief and is connected with every single guy in the locker room. You can't quantify that, but I just wonder with your playing experience with Tom, if you could take us inside that, what makes it so special and how it manifests itself here. Yeah, good morning, gentlemen. Um, up, great ben? to join y'all. Good morning, Ben. Um, you know, he, he he is special in that he makes every teammate feel like they're the most important person on that team. And that's a very difficult thing to do when you have – uh, 53-man roster, you've got practice squad guys who he knows their name. Um, guys bring things to him that they want to uh, sign for their mothers or their fathers, and he graciously does it all the time. Um, but he has a unique way of simply looking you in the eye and making you feel important. I think that, you know, looking at the game yesterday, you can kind of see how he builds confidence in his teammates. Uh, Godwin dropped the pass. You probably talked about it already. Um, he dropped the pass. Uh, clearly, you don't want to drop a pass from Tom Brady in the NFC Championship. But then right after that, Tom goes deep to him and kind of willed him into making a huge play in that game. And that's kind of the confidence that he builds. You never think you're out of the game with him. And part of that is because you have a feeling that this guy, although he is the most accomplished athlete in our sport, um, is revered around the world literally that he cares individually about me and he will take the time, even though I grew up watching him, he'll take the time to talk to me and instruct me and make me a better player and better person. Ben, you played 15 seasons in the National Football League. I, I, I don't understand how a guy who's played 21 years can go back to the damn Super Bowl for the 10th time. Can you explain <laughs> it to me, please? Dude, I, can't, I, I have no idea. Um, I'm trying to figure it out myself. I woke up this morning. I'm like, Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. I don't understand this dude. I don't understand how, how this happened. The guy's made 10 appearances. He literally goes every other year. Um, he's incredibly, incredibly blessed. Um, there are some things that, you know, we always, you know, say that, you know, it's a blessing. God bless me. Well, well that's, that's true when it comes to Obviously, he's put a lot of work in. Um, and not just on the field. We know his routine off the field. We understand his attention to detail. We understand all his competitive nature, all those sorts of things. But 
when you see something like that, the perfect marriage of, you know, let's just take it away from the Buccaneers for a minute and go back to his 20 years in New England, the perfect marriage, the perfect time um, between team, coach, city, owner, player, those things come together. Uh, you, you can't you can't write that sort of a storybook and you look at it and say there are some things that are inexplainable. Um, some things are, but, but, but the longevity that he's had uh, is truly a blessing. Now, you know and I know, being having both of us played in the league, and we know how the germ spreaders could start to fire on Monday morning quarterbacks, Belichick versus Brady. When is that conversation going to end? It's not. It's not going, it's not going to end. Um, it's going on in perpetuity. Our kids are going to be talking about it. Um, we're still up here in Boston. After I retire from the pages, we're going to be moving a little bit. All the kids up here are going to be talking about this for generations and generations. Uh, was it the chicken or the egg? Uh, that, that's going to be the the, um, the the conflict that they have. You know, it's clearly a race to number seven. And anybody who says it's not uh, is simply lying to themselves. But both of them are competitive. Both of them uh, want to want to win with or without each other. It's not necessarily I want to win before you. It's, it's I just want to win, period. I think that's what made them so great together, and we'll do whatever it takes to win. Um, but that being said, well, Tom has the first crack at it. And one of the things, you know, last year being with him, you know, they kind of put the old guys together last year in the locker room. So Tom and I sat next to each other <laughs> in, the, in the locker room uh, last year in New England. And he has a desire. He was not done. He was nowhere near done. And you, and you had a situation where obviously the time was up in New England, but he knew, um, I knew in talking to him, that he wasn't done wherever it was going to be if it wasn't in New England. And so the conversation is going to keep going. I think in two weeks the conversation will change a little bit and maybe the pressure will shift to back up back up north um, if Tom is able to pull this out. But but this is good. This is going to be be great fodder for uh, for the sports talk shows for a very long time. Ben, do you have any moments? Because we all do as athletes playing with Tom, where you, you can it maybe that moment articulates those intangibles that it takes to win championships that people don't get a chance to see because you know the media we talk about polarizing stuff. Who's the greatest of all time? And how many championships do you win? We don't talk about the smaller moments that truly help a team form full capacity. Yeah, Jay, first of all, I got to tell you, you know, class of 99 Duke university. Good to hear your voice. Um, you too, brother. You know, with, uh, with Tom, it, it's, it's those times after practice, I would say, um, after you did seven on seven, maybe it's in training camp, maybe it's halfway through the year and you come in, uh, to the meeting room and, and you had, and you had, not quite as good a day against the defense. The defense got the better of you that day. Hmm. And you come into the meeting, everybody's, you know, realizes, you know, that we didn't practice as well as we need to. You're going through the film. And as you're watching your route, Tom is calling you by name and encouraging you, even though you're feeling down, he's making you feel all right about the effort that you gave. But not only is he doing that and and calling your name specifically, as he watches the film and saying, you know, I like that. You know, what? I don't like this. Do this a little bit better. After that meeting, he tells the coaches to get out of the room. And he tells the offense, we can't have another day like that. I love each and every one of you all. You guys are giving the best effort that you can. I'm doing the best. There's so much I could have done better. 
I didn't come prepared the way I needed to today. We're going to get better. We're going to do it better next time. We're not going to come back in here tomorrow feeling the same way. And then you go home, and you come back the next day in practice, and you beat the defense, and you have a better day. It's those times with Tom and other people, but with Tom specifically, it's those times where you have a guy like that that is so accomplished that could quite easily um, blame other people, pass the buck, say, you know what, I'm 40-something years old, these 20-something-year-olds, they're killing me. No, he enters into the experience with the players and in that way connects with them and encourages them, and he makes everybody better. You know, we, we talk about this phrase, you know, the, the, the rising tide lifts all boats. Well, it is very true when you have a guy like Tom in there and you know he's going to bring his very best. He's, he's not going to throw anybody under the bus, um, even if they make mistakes. He's always going to look internally first, and it makes everybody better. And that's exactly what we're seeing with the Buccaneers. I mean, look, look, at, the, look at the turnaround. Look, look, there's a lot that goes into that. They've got a great defense. Uh, obviously, it's an organization that is hungry for a victory. But you bring a guy like that in, you provide him with everything that he needs, you weather the storm. Because remember, halfway through the year, when they got blown out in, in, uh, in November, I believe it was, by the Saints, and, you know, Tom's done, they didn't have an offseason. They didn't have the ability to do all those things. You knew it was going to take some time for them to click, and they're, they're, they're clicking, obviously, at the right time. Benjamin, real quick, Super Bowl 55, who wins and why? Um, well, you know what? The, the, the matchup is uh, – is one for the ages. Obviously, you've got you've got you've got so many storylines here. Uh, well, one of them is um, that the last team to repeat was the 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 uh, 0304 Patriots. The year year I came in um, was was the the second year that they uh, the Patriots won a Super Bowl, and they were the last team to go back to back. Now you have a guy um, Patrick Mahomes. You've got Andy Reid. You've got the Chiefs, who are primed and by all accounts are the best team in the NFL. That, you know for the last two years. Um, with a chance to repeat. The quarterback that repeated last time is going to have an opportunity to prevent the up-and-comers from accomplishing that feat. And not only is he going to have the ability to do so, it's going to be in his home uh, city, in his home stadium, first time that's ever happened, history in the making. And, oh, by the way, it's number seven. Um, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. That's why, because history is at stake. What and an that's ending. what Tom Brady does. What an ending. Wow. Super Bowl championship number seven on February 7th. Ben, we just got one minute left, but I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about another legend you played with. I mean, you talked about how blessed you are, but I mean, hey, man, you caught passes from Tom Brady and some guy named Drew Brees. It does seem like he's probably <laughs> yeah. going to retire at some point. Wait to see when it becomes official. Real quick, what was it like playing with him if indeed it's the last time we've seen Drew? Um, Drew Drew's the type of guy... I get to New Orleans, um, 2013, heard a lot about him. He comes up, introduces himself. My wife and I do, uh, you know, uh, uh, quite a bit of charity work. And I say, you know, I'm going to ask Drew Brees to come to a charity event. I know he's not going to come. He's Drew Brees, for God's sake. Invite him to come to this event at a Walmart in New Orleans. Not only does he come, he brings his wife, brings his kids. They serve people. They walk around with people. They shop with people. They take pictures. They do all those things. I say, you know, this guy is different. And it's those moments with him off the field that you get to see the character of a man and who he really is. Um, what he means to the city of New Orleans, I would put that in, in a category by itself compared to any other athlete that I've ever been around and that is in my generation. The, the marriage between him and that city 
is is something that is is truly truly special and it's life changing and life giving for a lot of people uh, in the Gulf Coast region. On the field, I would say that single handedly, Drew Brees made me a better pass receiver than any other player that I've actually played with. In the way that he was able to coach my route running, he stays on the field after practice. The guy will throw a thousand passes a day if you let him, and will run any route, throw any route for any receiver that they want. Um, and that's what made him so special. Great. Um, obviously on the field, he's a legend, but off the field to me, um, seeing the things that he's done in that community, the way he's changed lives, um, the mark is indelible. Mm-hmm. That is so well said. I can only imagine walking into a Walmart in New Orleans, going into aisle 22 to pick up milk. It's true, <laughs> true Brees. I want to mention, you mentioned Drew your Brees. wife. Um, and this is great because there's a million podcasts out there. I'm a big podcast fan, but you know, there's a lot of the same stuff. This is a little bit different. It's titled why <laughs> AKA Benjamin and why not AKA Kirsten. You mentioned your wife. They'll discuss topics ranging from, Ooh, keeping the spark in your love story to how to talk to your kids about race. Serious tune into their brand new podcast to hear how they approach their crazy life of the NFL, mindfully applying biblical truth to our daily lives with their family. You'll laugh, you'll cry in the end. The hope is for Benjamin and his wife that different approaches to situations bless you and your family. Sounds like a great, wholesome experience in a world that's got a lot of negative. That sounds like a lot of positive. Ben, thanks for the perspective. Really appreciate you joining us this morning. All right, be well. Hey, it was a pleasure. Thank you, all Take care. One of the best on and off the field. On the way, it's the biggest question of all. How in the world do you stop, even begin to stop, that Chiefs offense are Mr. Monday Night weighs in. Hey, it's Greeny, and I told you in September the Super Bowl would be the Chiefs and the Bucks. How did they both get there? We'll be talking about it nonstop when we get together Monday. It's Greeny, starting 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. One more snap. Mahomes goes to a knee. The trophy stays here. The Chiefs are back-to-back AFC champions. And the Super Bowl 54 champions are ready to run it back. They are headed to Super Bowl 55 as a road team to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Got to be careful every time you start to use the word dynastic. 
But man, doesn't it feel like it's trending there for the Chiefs? That's Mitch Holtis on 106.5. The Wolf, the Chiefs win the AFC for the second straight year. They'll try to go back-to-back. The last team to hoist back-to-back Lombardis, of course, TB12 and the Pats. And speaking of TB12 and the Bucks, I'm sure you probably heard this. They'll be the first team to play the Super Bowl in their home stadium. There'll be 22,000 people there, 7,500 vaccinated front-line workers. Front of the line, Tom Brady, who's in front of him. Second appearance, obviously, two different teams, right? He's done it with the Bucks. And the Pats. Peyton did it with the Colts and the Broncos. Kurt Warner did it with the Rams and the Cardinals. Craig Morton way back in the day with the Cowboys and the Broncos. Only the fourth quarterback to enter the Super Bowl, starting for two different teams. And the Yankees, better late than never, have entered their offseason and gotten aggressive. Picking up Jamison Tyone, the young pitcher from the Pirates yesterday. Pittsburgh will get four draft picks back in return. They picked up Corey Kluber. He's very, very good signing. That was last week. And then they inked DJ LeMayhew, so they're making it work on the mound. And at the plate after a pretty quiet offseason for the Bronx Bombers. Sports Center presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. That they are. Of course, you just heard the words of Patrick Mahomes. He connected with Travis Kelsey a couple of times uh the last couple of seasons kelsey's gone back to back 1000 yard seasons travis now is the most 100 yard receiving games in the playoffs by a tight end making him the king of the week brought to you by DraftKings, america's top rated daily fantasy app and for more on the chiefs lethal offense let's welcome in mr monday night lou riddick from espn's monday night football lou i'm sure no matter how many interviews you'll do it'll probably start today with fourth and eight so i'll give you a respite from that for a second and ask the second biggest question in the morning i know the bucks have a ridiculously talented defense it's carried them in the postseason but how would you even begin to try to defend this kansas city offense in 13 days well, I think it's it's a combination of rushing coverage, front and coverage, making them one dimensional. It's kind of the same thing that Tampa has done to every team uh, from a defensive perspective all year long, which is one totally shut them out as far as defending the run, as far as allowing a team to run the football, but then getting after the passer, really disrupting the timing and the rhythm of the passing game on the on the perimeter. And making Patrick uncomfortable. That's really what it's about. And then being able to hold up in the back end as, you know, in those 50 50 situations and those downfield situations or even the catch and run type situations. Because Patrick has really, he, what he's shown you is kind of like Tom, but not in the same way as Tom because Tom's been in the league for so long and has seen everything. But Patrick is quickly figuring out all the different looks that teams are trying to give him. And he has answers to the test very quickly. Very, very quickly. And now look, when these teams, two teams played before, as you saw, Patrick had the answers, and he ripped this secondary apart bad as far as big explosive plays down the field because of that, because of Tyreek Hill and how, just how unique he is and Travis and how unique they are. But the formula is the same no matter what, Zubin, when you're playing against high-powered passing attacks. You have to make the quarterback uncomfortable and hit him and you better slow down the timing mechanism of the receivers. If they feel as though it is like off-season seven-on-seven in the you know in April, May, and June, and the quarterback's just sitting back there holding the football and just looking to find whoever's open, and wide receivers are running around uncontested, and you're not putting any kind of physicality or the fear of being physical into their head, they're going to kill you. 
And that's and it's just that simple. So we'll see if Todd and his group can get it done. Well, let's go to the NFC Championship game for a minute. Uh, what are your thoughts on Matt LaFleur choosing to take the field goal down eight points and how that decision ultimately panned out? Yeah, I I think, look, right, right at, at the time, when you have a guy who all season long and all career, on, on, in the entirety of his career, that we have talked about uh, as being one of the best to ever play the position in Aaron Rodgers, I think you have to put it in his hands and trust that he's going to find a way to transcend coaching and scheme and just make it happen for you in that situation and get the ball in the end zone by any means necessary, whether that be by running it or by throwing it or getting them or checking the play at the line of scrimmage, going from run to pass, pass, whatever it is, he's going to get the job done. When you take it out of his hands and try to put it in the hands of the defense that had been struggling all year and trying to just manage your way to a win, and I understand why Matt did that, considering he felt as though, look, we have three timeouts, we have the two-minute warning, so that in essence is four timeouts, we get a stop, we get the ball back. But they still had to, they would still be down five and had to score a touchdown. So why not take your shot at it then? Then maybe, you know, you still, if you don't make it, you still have your timeouts, you still have to get a stop, you have another crack at it. If you don't get the ball back, you don't have any other cracks at it, and you, still, and you just lose. So I, I, I didn't understand that at all especially considering who he had at quarterback. It wasn't like you had some first-year journeyman quarterback pulling the trigger. You have a guy who everybody all year long said he's supposed to be the MVP. He's going to win the MVP. He's running away with it. Then sink or swim with him. Just kind of sink or swim with the guy. It's Aaron Rodgers, for God's sake. So I I was disappointed. That's where my mind goes. I mean, you talk about the greatest of the greats. It's like, hey, Michael Jordan, you don't have the ball in your hands at last possession. Like You don't entrust other people to to get it done. How about his noncommittal comments after the game, about the future of his career potentially in Green Bay. Did we potentially see the last play of Aaron Rodgers playing in a Green Bay Packers uniform? Yeah, I'm not going to speak for Aaron as to where his mind is, although you know at that point in time his mind was just very dejected and disappointed and was probably inclined to think negative thoughts as far as you know him being there and maybe they turn the page and you know maybe he, it's best for him to move on. But I, I don't... I don't necessarily see them moving him, them moving on from him next year, either from a cap perspective and how prohibitive it would be on their salary cap situation. And number two, from the you know simply because of the fact that the guy is playing at a, just a stupid, ridiculous high level still, still gives them the best chance to win. I just don't see Jordan Love being ready to go uh, in 2021. So I think once the emotion starts to calm down and they really start to think about this objectively. I would assume, I, I would think, I would lean towards the fact that he's going to come back. But, yeah, he, he did not sound happy. He did not sound in a good spot, but rightfully so. I mean, he had just lost the NFC Championship game two years running. That's got to hit hard, man. Lewis Riddick from Monday Night Football is joining us this morning on the Goodyear Hotline. It's Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. So you said it certainly seems like Aaron Rodgers, you would guess, considering he's under contract till 2023. He'll be back under center in 2021. If not, it's Jordan Love. 2021 is going to be a different locale, Lou, from what we understand regarding Matthew Stafford, Key said this morning he thought it was actually really refreshing that the player and the team could come together and essentially say, look, I gave you all I had for a dozen years. It's time to go somewhere else. You guys got a new GM. You got a new head coach. I just want to see what I can do the rest of my career. I want to get your thoughts on just the sort of agreement, quote unquote, unofficial agreement that was made to move him and where might be a good possibility that he ends up. 
Yeah, it's you know just as far as that situation is concerned. Look, it's disappointing. Um, it's disappointing because Matthew is a fantastic quarterback, and honestly, he's been let down by the organization as far as what they have put around him, both from a management and coaching perspective, and from a, a talent and support perspective. From uh, you know when you're just looking at the roster, this is a guy who this year you saw multiple times in multiple games. He's special. He's absolutely special, and to be able to, and to not have been able to maximize his gifts and his talents, you know, over the course of his career since he has been there is just a travesty. It just is, and to get to the point where, look, there, there's just no way, in good conscience, from a professional standpoint, that anybody in Detroit could have said, you know what, you're not quite what we're looking for at this point. So we're, you know, we agree. It is time for you to move on. There's just no way. This, to me, is, is Matthew going, look, I don't know how many years I have left. I don't know how many years I really want to commit myself to playing this game and taking the punishment that I take. And I don't want to be in a situation where it's questionable whether or not I'm even going to mess with this new coaching staff. And, we, and I don't know, you know what the chops are of the, of the new GM and, and as far as his ability to surround me with talent. So can I just go? And that sounds like that's what it is. And that's disappointing because I would have kept him. I would have done everything I could to keep him everything possible because Matthew's special. Now, where, where does he go going forward? He's obviously going to look for a situation where he can step right in and maybe be that, that last piece that puts him over the top at the most crucial position um, in team sports probably. So where does, that, where does it line up for him perfectly? To me, it's Indianapolis easily. Mm. Easily. It's ready-made. It's ready-made for him. Chris Ballard has the cap space as far as Indianapolis' financial situation. Now, whether they'll be able to decide on and come to an agreement on compensation, we'll see. But Chris is aggressive. You saw he did that. Uh, you saw what he's done in the past as far as acquiring players. He traded away his first-round pick for DeVaris Buckner a year ago. He knows that his team is ready to go. He knows they just need a trigger man. And, and Matthew would put them right there at the very, like just tucked right underneath Kansas City and the rest of the contenders in the AFC. So I'd love to see him in the horseshoe. It'd be perfect for him. And maybe give Stafford what he's looking for and give Indianapolis what they're looking for, which is someone who can push them over the top. Love it. Man, Barry Sanders got sick and tired. Megatron got sick and tired. And before Matthew Stafford gets sick and tired, they're going to move him out of town and probably do what's right for him. Great perspective as always, Lou. Really appreciate you joining us this morning. Thanks, Big Lou. Absolutely. You got it. Thanks. That's Lou Riddick on the Goodyear Hotline. A reminder to check out Marvel Studios' WandaVision. The original series is now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. I was watching it the other day. If you're old enough, it has a little bit sort of a Max Headroom feel Ooh. to it. In- interesting. That's going old school, but it looks very <laughs> new school. On the way, there was one coaching move this weekend that nobody paid attention to, except I did, for a personal reason. That's on the way, and your calls about what Tom Brady's greatest accomplishment is. Hit us up, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, Key J and Z. If they want to move, we might be able to bring him to L.A., though, for the Lakers. Him, LeBron, A.D., that's your whole team in cap space. Yeah, but that's all you need in a bunch of me's and you's. Hey, look, me's is different than you's. You better stop putting us in the same category. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. One more thing before I let you go, and I'm only going to spend one minute on this. I realize most people aren't that interested in this, but I think it's something that we need to bring to the surface because we've talked so much about, Jay, uh, diversity in the coaching ranks, and you guys have specifically talked about the pipeline. Essentially, if you don't have somebody in the position to succeed, they'll never be able to ascend into the top chair. Over the weekend, the Chicago Bears made a defensive coordinator move. This is the Bears at the Legacy Franchise, one of the greatest in NFL history. Chuck Pagano, the well-respected D.C. and former head coach, particularly of the Colts, has retired. And they replaced him with a guy named Sean Desai. It may not mean anything to you, but it does actually mean something to me. Sean Desai, as far as I can tell, is the first coach of Indian descent to ever be at the coordinator position in the NFL. We're celebrating Muslim head coaches, black head coaches, women on staffs. All that stuff is tremendous. And I know this story is not going to get the play that those three ethnicities are going to get because this is not exactly the line of work we go into. You know, um, I think we probably have more team doctors than we have defensive coordinators, okay? That's how it works in the Indian community in sports. But this is probably the first one that's ever been done at the coordinator level. And I just wanted to mention it because anytime anybody breaks a barrier, we often do. This isn't a field that we're necessarily associated with in the Indian community, but he's going to have the biggest and brightest stage in sports with the Chicago Bears. And I almost shudder at the fact that if Khalil Mack has a breakout year, and we've seen it with every OC and DC mostly, that if you have a breakout year, you automatically go to the top of the head coaching candidates list. So a year from now, if Khalil Mack balls out and Roquan Smith is great and the Bears look like the monsters of the midway, it's impossible for me to think about this at this particular point. But the fact that there could be an Indian head coach in the NFL is almost unfathomable to me. It's not there. He's close. He's going to have an opportunity, and I always will mention people getting opportunities sometimes should be bigger stories than the guys that are not getting opportunities. That's always been a little bit of a point of friction and tension for me this year. We're spending way too much time about guys that have had chances and are not getting jobs, and we are not spending enough time on the people that are breaking barriers and actually getting those jobs. Just my thought. A reminder to tune into Mike Greenberg's show, Greeny, immediately following us. Today, Greeny talks to Matt Castle. Of course, Matt Castle knows Tom Brady with his time with the Pats. Matt Castle also played with the Chiefs. The legendary Chargers quarterback, Dan Fouts, will join as well. From Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin, right into Greeny, weekday mornings right here on ESPN Radio. Right back to the calls. Is this Tom Brady's greatest accomplishment? Essentially, what happened yesterday, year one in Tampa, going to the Super Bowl in his home stadium after 20 years with the New England Patriots. Mike in South Carolina has been waiting a long time, like a typical Brady drive to milk the Like clock. an hour, Zubin. He's been waiting like an hour. The dedication. I love it, Mike. Yeah, I think it's even two. Let's not shortchange the man. Mike in South Carolina, you're on ESPN Radio. Go ahead. Well, I first of all, to answer the question, thanks, y'all, for having me on the show. First of all, it, to answer the question, I think Brady's first of uh, ultimate accomplishment was being able to play the game he loved at the level he's been able to play it. And then second of all, I don't think uh, the Pampa Bay Buccaneers won that game. I feel like the Packers lost it. 
There's a lot mm-hmm. of plays that I've seen that I was like, I was like, okay, here it is. He missed. He, oh man, he missed uh, on the free play. He missed uh, Devontae Adams, and then Matt Lafleur. Man, I, I, I can't, I, I can't. I don't know the numbers, but uh, how many times have Brady had the ball in with under two minutes and has made a big play and won the game? Just how many times? Countless. Countless. And I would say, you know, I, I kind of agree with you, brother. I, I feel you on the fact that it feels like Green Bay lost that game. Uh, but I will tell you, you know, in 10 years from now, when you look back at that stats, all we're going to be talking about is the greatness of Tom Brady, especially Zubin. If, if he's able to culminate this season through the midst of a pandemic, through the midst of playing underneath first year head coach, you know, first year, obviously experience wise with Bruce Arians and then get to a Super Bowl in Tampa and beat Patrick Mahomes at 43 years old, 43 years old. This conversation is going to shoot off into a different stratosphere than what it is currently, and that's scary to say. No doubt. we got 30 seconds to go, but Gianni in Tampa, you're, in e- you're on ESPN Radio. Go ahead. Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for having me on. Um, what's up, G? You know, uh, I mean, you know, Brady, Brady loves what he does. He's a big family guy. You know, I see him over on Bayshore riding his bike with his daughter. You know, he's a big family guy. Family guy. And, you know, he really <laughs> – Hey, you know, like the show, but you know, he really <laughs> takes in what he does. You know, he this is a huge accomplishment. What, what the Bucks were seven and nine last season, and he just took them up, man. That's insane. And you know, I know he did throw three picks yesterday, but the Packers didn't even do anything on that, man. What's up with that? But they're gonna bring it all home, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Thank you, Gianni. A lot of family guys in the league, Zubin. <laughs> He's paying attention. He's a paying attention. A lot of attention. family guys in the league. One thing I wanted to mention, Jay, this is a stat that's going a little bit under the radar. Very famously, Tom uh, Brady is obviously playing in his 10th Super Bowl. He obviously looked up to Joe Montana as a kid. Montana 4-0 in the Super Bowl with no picks. I understand it's 4-0. It's the Super Bowl. It's no picks. It doesn't get any bigger or better than that. But how about Mahomes' three AFC title games? Again, not the Super Bowl. Three AFC title games. No picks on the penultimate biggest stage in football, it's not a stat that is going to wow you because obviously he's got the Super Bowl championship, he's got the Lombardi, but that's one from a collective standpoint to get to the brink of the Super Bowl, a performance like that in every single game, a goose egg in the INT column, it means something. I'm just saying there's that comparison to Stephen Curry changing the trajectory of the game, but Zubin, you hear that? That's that kiss after dark right there, Zubin. That's when you, you lower the voice a little bit as we go to break and we, we culminate the great start to a great weekend. Yeah. Just let it ride, Zubin. You hear that? Yeah, just snap it. There it is. Right there, baby. Yeah. Close it out, Zubin. Give me your best R&B voice. Let's go. You got nothing? Okay. See you tomorrow. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.